Part 1. Reactions to the Mayor The announcement came yesterday from Mayor John Hamilton. The city will not privatize the farmer's market in 2020. The Board of Park Commissioners voted to remain under city leadership by a unanimous vote on Thursday. Park Commissioner Lisa Thatcher said at the meeting that the city had greater concerns of protesters at the market than Schooner Creek Farm. Mayor Hamilton said he will work to improve the environment of the market. Yael Cassander is the communications director for the city of Bloomington. She agrees saying every constituent has the right to freedom of thought, including Schooner Creek Farm. The city, the mayor, many of us here in Bloomington recognize what a true threat white supremacist ideology is, ideology um, uh, that has been linked to action around the country. We've seen this happen all too many times, and we take these threats extremely seriously. Um, at the same time, we are also bound by the Constitution to uphold people's freedom of thought and uh, freedom of belief. Um, and if they are not expressing uh, discrimination at the market itself, which is a publicly run uh, entity, we um, must respect their, their freedom of thought. Black Lives Matter Bloomington said society is built around cities where mayors wield power that is often unchallenged by state-level authorities. But unfortunately, our current mayor and the current mayor administration, instead of trying right. um, for progress, instead right. of trying for change, refuses to even um, take those steps up to yeah. if if the point of 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 where the state's going to come down and put the hammer on is is 100 yards away he won't even go 10 mm -hmm. um it, it, you know and it's 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 that why why don't we go 99 right. <laughs> yeah. you know let's go all the way up into the point in which we think that they're going to come down on yeah. us both ashley pirani and sean milligan of the purple shirt brigade agree that the city's handling of schooner creek farms presence at the market has been ineffective. The city's response has been completely ineffectual. They have just basically said our hands are tied because of the First Amendment. It's great to denounce white supremacy. It's another thing to uh, do the work. And uh, I do not feel he's done the work. He can tell me that there's all sorts of things happening behind closed doors, but it's behind closed doors. So that doesn't do a whole lot for me personally. Mm -hmm. The Indiana Daily Student reported that Robert Hall of Grassroots Conservatives said he wants the city to keep protesters in Info Alley, a neutral space for protest, to bring stability to the market. He said in a Herald Times opinion column that he condemns the mayor's acknowledgement of SCF as white supremacists. He said, quote, It has not helped heal the community when the mayor continues to advance a false narrative, end quote. After the most contentious season the farmer's market has seen to date, the future remains unclear. Part 2. Outside Input The exposure of Sarah Dye's ideology gave a platform for many long-awaited underlying issues to be expressed. The situation just so happened to be that Dye vends at a public farmer's market. Sarah Dye explains the main principles of the American Identity Movement. The main principles of AIM are nationalism, populism, um, non-interventionism, protectionism, and identitarianism. Sarah Dye says she's a member, but not a spokesperson for the group. Again, she denies the group is a white supremacy group. When pressed on this question, 
Dai asked for a definition of white supremacy. According to the Anti-Defamation League, white supremacy falls under the blanket of four qualifying tenets. Quote, one, whites should have dominance over people of other backgrounds, especially where they may coexist. Two, whites should live by themselves in a whites-only society. Three, white people have their own culture that is superior to other cultures. And four, white people are genetically superior to other people, end quote. Yael Cassanders said the city thinks it is important to understand the threats tied to white supremacy ideology. However, the farmer's market is not the place to solve these issues. This is why Cassanders said the city turned to outside help. But we have taken input in from folks around the country, national experts in conflict resolution, but we've gotten information not only from, from them about how to you know, move forward and how to convene the community to move forward on the, not just the farmer's market issues, but also long-standing issues in the community, these deep problematic issues um, that will not be resolved soon and not resolved probably at the market, but definitely need to be addressed head-on and uh, dealt with in a collaborative way. Mayor Hamilton contacted representatives of the Divided Community Project's Bridge Initiative at Ohio State University's Moritz College of Law in August of 2019. The Bridge Initiative is a conflict consolation project that focuses on hate crimes and incidents. The project researches local issues and then suggests solutions to local agencies and government. Hamilton asked the Bridge Initiative to help the community understand underlying issues that arose at the farmer's market and to provide a structure for leaders to begin a plan for action, according to the report. The full report can be found on the City of Bloomington's website. Black Lives Matter Bloomington and the Purple Shirt Brigade criticized the Bridge Initiative. BLM B-Town and Sean Milligan of Purple Shirt Brigade agreed the city needs to listen to members of the community rather than bringing in outside sources who tell the city what they want to hear. Milligan said this creates a communication gap between city officials and the community. He said it's causing everyone in the community to suffer, including people of color. Part three, people of color. The city said it met with many community groups to seek solutions. At the end of the two week period, the market reopened with quote, a larger comfort zone, end quote, created by two public streets being closed to traffic during market hours an increase in security cameras, an increased presence of police, market ambassadors to create a welcoming environment, and signage indicating areas for protests and market rules. Cassander said not everyone was satisfied with their new changes. There was, uh, as you know, increased security measures that were implemented. Now, of course, many um, folks would suggest that those measures do not make people of color feel safe. And, of course, that is also a, a huge consideration. The idea of increased police was not met with open arms by Black Lives Matter. The group said an increase of police patrol does not mean a reduction in crime. They said it only increases tensions between marginalized communities and the city. BLM B-Town said they criticized not only white nationalists, but white liberals in the city government who they believe enable white nationalists through inaction. When white liberals use the same language and the same rhetoric that, that the neo-Nazis are, how is that not still just a continuation mm -hmm. of white supremacy mm -hmm. over and over and over again? Yeah. And we are not 
we will never balance that scale and we will never progress as long as people who say they are of good faith continue to invoke the negative peace, which is the absence of justice, mm-hmm. um, according to Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. The group said Mayor Hamilton needs to take action. If you want to confront and combat white supremacy, you have to do it um, you have to be an anti-racist in every action in which you you commit to. And if you are in government, that means all of your policies have to be viewed through anti-racist action, have to, you know, be you know, thought through that lens. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, then white supremacy takes root, takes hold and spreads. Three of the six core council members agreed that they feel abandoned by the city throughout its handling of the farmer's market. Part four, the contract. In the last episode, we heard from vendor Susan Wellsand, the chili lady, who vended next to Schooner Creek Farms booth in the past outdoor season. Wellsand recalled a specific interaction with Doug Mackey, which makes her think the issue is not about freedom of speech. When we returned to the downtown market after it was closed for two weeks, Doug was pretty angry, and he asked me to pass a message on to the mayor. He wanted the mayor to make him an offer, buy him out, give him enough money, and he'll make all this go away. So it's pretty clear that this is about money. It's not about expressing your opinions or your private thought or anything like that. Cassanders responded to allegations of Mackey making such an offer. That's it. Kind of a shocking question, and um, I, I, I can't even imagine um, who would ask that. And of course, nothing like that has happened. Wilson mentioned a day when Patrick Casey visited the market and recorded footage that was later uploaded to the Schooner Creek Farms website, entailing white nationalist propaganda. The issue was that the video included the city's farmers market logo. Cassander said guidelines have been drafted to ensure this won't be a future problem of the farmers market. According to the 2020 Vendor Handbook Preliminary Working Draft, quote, behavior outside of the market that relates to the market must not reflect poorly on the market or the reputation of the city and must be consistent with the mission and goals of the market, end quote. However, as Cassandra addressed, according to the 2019 Market Season Handbook, by posting the video, Schooner Creek Farm did not violate their contract. Wellsand also addressed another incident we heard in the last episode. Yael talked about the Schooner Creek Farms stand assistants filing under fake names. That's, I think, one of the um, things that has been addressed in the renewed farm vendor contract, that you have to um, have a lot more accountability for the people who um, are assisting you, at, and, then, and then there are um, repercussions for, you know, um, fraudulently registering an assistant. So that has been um, looked at for the 2020 contract. Once again, the accused farm was in no violation. The 2020 Vendor Handbook Preliminary Working Draft states, quote, the city does not tolerate vendors or their stand assistants engaging in harassing or discriminatory conduct towards fellow vendors, members of the public, or city employees at the market on the basis of sex, religion, color, national origin, ancestry, disability, gender identity, sexual orientation, housing status, or veteran status, end quote. 
The Purple Shirt Brigade challenges this narrative. Ashley Pirani said she knows of at least one case of harassment on behalf of two Schooner Creek Farm stand assistants. The most recent specific would be the transphobic comments that were made by two of her stand assistants to one of our uh, folks. And that has been brought to the city's attention uh, with City Legal. And so far, there has been no uh, reply from City Legal, even though uh, they have asked uh, at least twice now. I know of twice that um, they've asked for a follow-up on what was going to happen with that, and so far, nothing. Pirani said she knows a number of complaints filed against SCF, and she said the city failed to address them. Part 5, American Identity Movement. The Purple Shirt Brigade said last year Patrick Casey mocked one of their protesters with a disability on social media. We checked his Twitter account, which was suspended in late summer 2019. Executive Director Patrick Casey transformed the image and brand of Identity Europa with a suit and tie approach to his white nationalist ideology. He is the founder of the American Identity Movement. In a Facebook post, Casey defended Sarah Dye. He said the left considers Dye a threat, and he quoted an American Greatness article, which read, quote, Sarah Dye is a victim of a left-wing witch hunt involving Antifa terrorists and the mayor of Bloomington, end quote. Patrick Casey showed up at the farmer's market last season. Dye said she did not invite Casey to the market. She defends Casey, saying he's a law-abiding citizen who rejects violence. Nolan Brewer. In a 200-page document compiled by the FBI, Brewer said he briefly met with Sarah Dye and Doug Mackey. In the interview, Nolan Brewer, who spray-painted swastikas on a Carmel synagogue, said Sarah Dye and Doug Mackey weren't aware of the vandalism before it happened. Sarah Dye said she believes there were false reports about her connection with Brewer. In late 2018, a mutual friend of Sarah Dye and Doug Mackey arranged for the couple to meet Nolan Brewer and his partner over dinner. So Doug and I went and we had dinner. Um, when we arrived, we saw that this woman had brought a guy with her and she told me that they were married. Uh, we had a quick meal and to be honest, I didn't really have a very good feeling about those people. The dinner was after Brewer spray-painted swastikas at the synagogue. However, Dye says she didn't have any knowledge of the crime committed. She said it was only a week later when she discovered the news. Nolan Brewer, a 21-year-old from Eminence, Indiana, was sentenced to three years in federal prison for violating federal civil rights laws. The Transformation Sarah Dye said it was a slow process for her transitioning from a left-winged activist to a conservative member of AIM. She said she was tired of the hate created by the left. She said she used to embrace the ideas of Karl Marx. She said the left follows political fads without extensive research. Sarah said she was embarrassed to admit her political past. First and foremost, I am a mother, I am a farmer, I am a woman of the earth. Um, I'm also you know, proud to be an American, to be honest with you. However, Dye said since her transformation to a member of Identity Europa and then AIM, she still claims to look at politics objectively. Sarah Dye cited the U.S. Census Bureau's report that white Americans are projected to fall below half of the population by 2044. The U.S. Census Bureau has predicted that, um, that white Americans will, will be a minority. Uh, not too far off future. While this may be true, the U.S. Census Bureau says today that Bloomington is 83% white 
The bureau said the black population makes up about 4.5% of the population. Dai said people should acknowledge the European history of America. You acknowledge the historical demographics of America. And this country, you know, like it or not, was founded by European descended people. And wow. historically, those people have held the majority. And I feel that yeah. it's natural to wish to maintain those demographics. And I would want this for any other people in their country. When asked about colonialism, Dai said she doesn't deny atrocities done to Native Americans during European colonization. However, she said there were atrocities during war in all parts of the world. All forms of decimation cannot be underplayed. In today's society, protection of marginalized groups is up to the government. In this case, it's in the hands of city officials. Mayor Hamilton announced that the city will continue its 46th year in owning the farmer's market. After vandalism, threats, protesters, and arrests, more than 80 vendors sent a letter to city officials requesting them to continue control of the market. The city said it looks forward to improving the market community. Only time will tell the future of the market. For WFHB, I'm Sydney Foreman. And I'm Cade Young.